0: you
1: guys welcome to a dram of diving uh we are going to be discussing tips and tipping um ross backs are already starting with the music yeah we got music now ross we uh we got high class uh despite you being around us uh so uh thank you for joining we're gonna discuss tips and tipping it's been a hot topic uh possibly beating a dead horse but to uh to to good level um i want to thank matt for the port charlotte we're gonna be drinking that tonight um heavily peated. Uh, I didn't have any really water ice cubes to go in it, but I like it neat anyway. So uh, we're going to have some of our friends joining us and a couple of people probably joining a little bit after that. And I got some messages from people that uh, wanted to convey some thoughts that they, even though they couldn't be on tonight. So um, without further ado, we're going to add Joseph and Zach and John. Uh, Joseph, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
2: Hey everybody, I'm Joseph Glenn. I'm the owner of Southern Dive Center. <clears throat> uh, I'm also a uh, dive master uh, and a to be captain for Latitude 31 dive charters in Richmond Hill, Georgia. Uh, I also teach for Georgia Southern University. Nice, uh, right. we'll just go
1: clockwise. How about Zach, go ahead and introduce yourself.
0: Uh, hi, I'm Zach. Uh, I own technical diving services in Bonaire. Uh, I'm an SDI course director, TDI tech instructor, uh, divings pretty much my life
3: nice very nice all right John you hey I'm uh, John Raki with uh, blue water divers I uh, dive master with them since the mid 90s I do their uh, their discover scubas and I re- pretty much uh, dive master for the charters I'm a crew member on the gypsy blood uh, I've been diving with captain Jim for uh, about 10 years now and pretty much out in the ocean off Jersey every other weekend
1: Nice. Beautiful. Uh, I've been down in Jersey a whole bunch lately. So, uh, and plan on doing a bunch more this year too. And I have frequented technical dive services in the past and I've been to Southern Dive Center, um, and, and spent some significant time with Joseph, much to my dismay. So, uh, the topic is tips and tipping. Uh, we're going to have a couple people join us hopefully in a minute. Um, and Joseph, you and I were having a conversation about this previously, um, and you know we were kind of clarifying our thoughts, processes. What's, what's your thought on tips and tipping um, in the U.S. and your, your situation specifically?
2: Um, not overall, but your specific situation. So my specific situation is um, I, I fully – it's a catch-22. I, I fully understand it. I get it. But I also understand if you want to raise the prices of your doctors to have a gratuity included, also I, I get that as well my situation though is a little bit different because you know we charge 145 dollars to go offshore for spear fishing or if we to Gray's reef which is a national marine sanctuary that's right on our back door it's 145 bucks most places that are relatively close to us is really a i mean a couple places out of charleston and then you have south florida that charges like 60 bucks you know mm-hmm. so they see our prices and they automatically are just like well wow why are you so high well we're 18 to 19 miles offshore. Yeah. It's a 33 foot light fin. I mean, fuel is not cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so most of what we have is, is all part of open fuel. My circumstance, you know, I work at the boat every, just about every other weekend. Ew. We try to do spear fishing trips on Saturday and then we'll go out to Gray's reef on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Well, as a dive master, you know, I don't get paid and I, I get that. And, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that, honestly, because I just enjoy diving. Like if I go out there, it's something different for me. I'm not teaching classes. I'm just going out there and being a group leader, you know, helping people out, doing things that I thought to begin with would make me a better instructor and it has for sure because you can just pick up on things that you know, it's, it's just it's different. There, there's options, there's things that happen. It's just different. It's kind of already explained exactly what i say and, and John. But I don't get paid for a reason i enjoy it but i also understand the fact that you know it takes me 45 minutes to get to the boat well who's putting fuel in my truck to go out there who's getting food for me or for on the boat because if we do a double dip then we come back to the dock you know who's who's feeding me lunch or anything like that so personally as a dive master i'm wanting those tips that is what i'm there for now it's not my full-time job uh it's different for me because it's most of everybody who dive masters on the boat is just not their full-time job. <laughs> we, have doctors, we, have, we have lawyers, we have doctors, we have students, we have, um, you know, a couple of different people in two different dive shops uh, as well. So it, it's different for us. I fully understand that, you know, I guess the big topic for me would be what would be a reasonable amount to tip. I think that is a question that I, I would definitely, that is a conversation I definitely want to have because uh, yeah, I've true. seen that <laughs> side But it's different for us because of fuel. It's different for us because it's 17 miles offshore. Um, and it's, you know, it's different for us because our, our processes are, I think, are, are really higher on, on that higher end just because of how far we have to run. Um, yeah. As a boat captain, totally different uh as a boat cabin i kind of see the same phrase of it because it depends on you know as a boat cabin you're in charge of that boat captain you're in charge of that boat you're in charge of those passengers you're in charge of those dive masters <laughs> yep. if i pay mm-hmm. the dive masters a higher number if i basically say hey you know we're charging 165 now so that's gratuity included well like you said earlier that may the steer or deter people away because like well that's i'm going to tip whatever i feel comfortable tipping i don't want it to be included like in the check you know um that that's the type that i can kind of see where it can be a, be a bit of an issue when it comes to it but i have a lot of questions and that was one thing the reason why i reached out to you right. um it, it's it's just different it, it's very much different and also i've gotten tips as being an instructor too that i that never happens in my opinion you know i've gotten to some tips i know some of my instructors have gotten some tips um i try to discourage that as a die shop owner um but you know i kind of see it too but it always it also depends on the people it depends on what you do with those people it depends on how far you bust your ass with those people you know it just depends it depends on a lot of things um so you know that's kind of our deal that's kind of our setup you know we run a little bit different just because we were in the the georgia Strait, so it's different
1: yeah. yeah i hear you so before we grab on to the other two guys nicole popped in she had some camera issues so we're gonna bring her in hey nicole
4: hi everyone
1: hi fix hey, everything
4: yes thanks for having me i love excellent. being on your show
1: i love having you so that's excellent so we were just kind of going through uh some tipping stuff uh zach's gonna be up next but just like what their general philosophy is, their current philosophy of, of how that they, how they're figuring out tipping in their specific locale and what they're doing. Um, Joseph gave a couple examples in a minute ago. I think you might have heard most of that, but um, Zach, why don't you go ahead?
0: How how's tipping working in in your um, your situation here? Uh, Well, it's kind of interesting for me because I am from the States originally. Um, I've worked other jobs before diving that have involved gratuities. And now I own a dive shop on a Dutch island. And I definitely have to say, uh, just not Dutch culture in general, but European culture, uh, tipping is not really part of their thing. And, uh, I kind of get it, you know, when you talk to them because they kind of look at it, it's like, well, if this is what the price is, this is what the price is. If a gratuity should be included, then it should just be in the price. It shouldn't be this hidden thing at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they also look at it too. It's like, well, if you're not making enough money, you know, that's between you and your employer that shouldn't be between, you know, you and me, I just showed up on vacation for a dive trip. Um, the other thing that I've seen kind of with it too is it ends up starting creating disservice um, because we definitely uh, most of our clientele they are either from Europe or from the States and I've even seen it before uh, like I was trying to uh, get a part-time job once uh, boat captaining for uh, another dive operation and the owner of it was uh, european himself but he straight up told me he was like yeah we get the roster in the morning he goes if it looks like it's a bunch of dutch names he goes the dives are 45 minutes because they're not going to tip if they're americans they get an hour because they generally tip and it's kind of bad because you're seeing people it's like well wait a minute they paid for the same service you know and they're just being gypped because you're automatically assuming just because of their culture they're not going to tip and so Um, I guess I kind of see, you know, both sides of it. You know, I do appreciate getting a tip when one happens, especially, you know, when I put my heart and soul into, you know, a course or, you know, guiding a dive, whatever it may be that day. But like I said, I do sometimes see it, uh, being expected from people and then them not offering the service that, you know, originally is what's being paid for.
1: Right. And that, that presents some interesting that we can get around to, but, um, Boat hands and dive masters versus instructors. And when they're teaching a course and and that, that's a weird gray area of people asking like, well, you're the instructor, do I tip you? It is like, well, uh, well I know, but you should probably tip the dive masters. It gets into a weird gray area. And especially when it's when it comes to different cultures. Um, before we go to John Nicole, Kevin, does it always have to be money? I tip my instructor gift cards to nearby restaurants to use that for future classes. I just want to say, Kevin, you know, say you got like a free Shearwater or something, like a bottle of whiskey for a tip, wouldn't be a bad idea every once in a while. So, uh, so gift cards and ideas like that. But we'll come back to that. But I just wanted to make sure Kevin heard that before we uh, moved on. Uh, John, uh, what's your what's your world of tipping?
3: Um, the way I approach this is uh, this this is an education thing. The way I look at it, I do a lot of Discover Scooters. And I, I'll do a classroom session uh, where I carefully explain that they, they watch the Discover video, carefully explain what they're going to do in the pool. And at the end of it, I talk about my experience as working as crew on a dive charter and that I explain it that the scuba industry is a service industry. The captains and the boats get paid. The instructors get paid. Their helpers and the, the, the dive masters generally do not get paid. So you've got dive masters who will help you with classes. You've got dive masters who will help you on charter boats. If you go away on vacation, uh, and I use Bonaire as a lot of my example because I love diving in Bonaire. The people who work on the boats down there don't make a terrible income from whatever even if they're getting paid as a dive master on the boat, which most of them don't, they survive on gratuity, just like any other service industry, just like uh, you know, a, a waiter or you know a haircutter. They they make their they make their survival off of gratuity. And uh, that if you get a service, if you feel like something, you gain something out of it and they did something special for you, you, you should you should provide gratuity. Uh here in the States. Up off New Jersey, um, we like to talk about 18 to 20 percent, just like a waiter uh, for the cost of the seat or the driver. Uh We're the same thing off Jersey. Joe. Uh, we're, we're running anywhere from 15 to 20 miles on a typical trip. Some of the ones further out, we will charge a fuel surcharge on. Uh, but our trips are $130, and that's, you know, that goes to the cabin, that goes to the shop that that's chartering the boat. The, yep. the, the crew members who work it, we're, we're not getting paid. We get a dive. Maybe not. Uh, most of the times mm-hmm. we will get at least a dive. Uh, but, but we pretty much, you know, pay for, for the fuel to get there. Uh, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes when you crew in a boat. Uh, you know, you're running a boat. You're there an hour and a half before the guests get there. You're doing all the stuff. You get the drink coolers ready. You're there an hour and a half, two hours after the guests leave cleaning the boat. So it's, it's all based on uh, what service is provided uh, for what level of gratuity, you know, one one should expect to give. But it's an education thing. If they don't understand the etiquette, they, they, they really don't know. That's why I try to start it off right in Discover Scuba before they even get into their classes. Like Zach, you were saying, you know. Maybe it would, you know, as, as part of the briefing, you, you, you explain, listen, the diagnosis don't get charged. If, if you feel like a, a service was provided to you where a gratuity is, is in, but it's not It's not built into the cost of the trip. You know, I know a lot of a lot of in Europe, the gratuities are automatically added in. Um, and we don't see that here in the States. But that, that's how I kind of approach it. It's, it's an education thing.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, let me bring Tamara in. Hello, hello, how are you?
5: Hello, I'm so uh, sorry. That's there fine. There has okay. just been a change of time zones and <laughs> I, I guess I'm not gonna be tipped, right? At the end of the <laughs> <podcast>. <laughs> no.
1: yeah. um, Before we get uh, Nicole's take and then I'll come to you, uh, why don't you just introduce yourself real quick uh, so that everybody knows who joined the stream right now.
5: Sure. So my name is Tamara, and I'm currently sitting in Mexico. I'm a scuba instructor, cave diver, technical diver, and basically try to be underwater as much as possible.
1: Nice, good. Um, Nicole, actually, I didn't have you introduce yourself, but every well, you've been on the show before. But so the question is going to come to you, and you can start by introducing yourself. Um, is well, you started a whole thing this this afternoon. I saw that, <laughs> but it, it was fun.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I love one. meddling. I love stirring the pot. You know that. So,
1: so Nicole took this and stirred the spot. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and give us an introduction of yourself real quick. And then your, what's you tipping in your world?
4: Hey, I am Nicole and I own a super dive scuba out of Queens, New York City. Um, I have a weird deconstructed dive business model Um, But the focus today is on tips. So how does my business handle tips? Uh, We've been processing and deliberating over this exact issue. Uh, But I think that the direction that we're planning to go is to discourage customers from uh, financial and monetary tips, uh, to suggest alternative ways to reward service, and also to make sure that the customer doesn't have the burden of actually paying our dive professionals a living wage we actually uh do pay our dive masters the minimum living wage for New York City and then give them opportunities to earn more money but uh i know everybody is going to say but wait you have to raise the price of the course and uh, really disadvantage uh the consumer um I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I think that that is quite unimaginative to have to raise your prices to be able to pay your staff. Uh, we have, um, we incentivize our staff by offering them uh, financial incentives to, be, to meet business objectives. And then also, um, we don't, we also don't have a physical Storefront, So that's a big part of it. We've mm-hmm. actually saved on paying rent, New York City rent, which is thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So that's actually a pretty easy chunk of money to be able to divert over to our staff. Mm-hmm. That's the hot take. Fair and enough. today I started up a big Facebook war. Just by saying that dive professionals deserve to be paid fairly, which apparently is (laughs) extremely controversial. (laughs) It
1: is extremely controversial. Like, you should just do it for free because you love the sport, apparently. So, whatever it is, what it is. Uh, Tamara, so go ahead. What's what's your take on tipping, my dear?
5: Well, um, I think that I I am kind of divided because part of me obviously loves to receive a good tip and part of me wants to believe that no matter if I'm tipped or not, I'm still going to do the best job that I can for the case being. So I'm not actually doing a better service so that I can get a tip, but if I get a tip, I'm happy. and. I'm from Mexico, so we have a culture of tipping. And we have a a culture of tipping in various different situations, Uh, maybe similar to the US culture, but um, I mean, if you go to a restaurant with a Mexican family, you'll say, if they they do a normal job, you will pay them a 10% tip. If they did a great job, then you'll give them 15, or twenty, and if you were there with like fourteen Mexican uncles and aunts and their children and the grandmother, and it was like a full afternoon meal, then you'll tip them more because they needed a lot more hands to actually serve your table. So, um, a, a little bit like this in diving, it makes me question, like, what part of my job is actually my job, and what part is things that I do on top of everything. Um, So in my case, because I'm an independent instructor and I've been working independently for a long time, um, I just decided to have the prices are set. It includes everything. I, I, I do not depend on the tips to make a living. So my prices are the ones that I need. To be paid in order to pay for everything from my annual fees to my insurance to my uh, truck repairs or anything that comes with my job. Um, Having said that, if I have clients from North America, I know that there's a big chance I'm going to get a tip. If I have clients from Europe, there's a big chance that I'm not going to have a tip. Um, I'm equally happy to have all of the people from any market that they want to come and dive with me. Um, And I do think that the best tip that someone can give you is to recommend you to come back and dive with you and to talk about your business to other uh, divers or potential divers um, more than just a monetary reward. Um, And, uh, yeah, I I do live in a place where people work for tips, um, but also I think there's a bit of a myth like i've heard in so many forums i've read like in mexico dive masters don't have a salary they just work for the tips that's not true everybody is paid for their job whether that's a lot or a little it's debatable but um no in mexico we don't work for free like i can tell you no mexican will work for free
4: Um, (laughs) it sounds like mexico was way ahead of the us (laughs) yep Uh,
5: yeah um, so yeah, I mean, I, I have received very good tips um, in my life and I've also had very nice presents from clients who didn't give me money but uh, they they gave me something I needed or, or they just showed up with something really nice for me and that's of course appreciated. Um, But I do think that people shouldn't do a bad job just because you're, you're not going to be tipped or like Mm -hmm. sometimes you just know in advance, you know, but there's no reason for lowering the bar. I mean, um, yeah. yeah.
1: Definitely. And that you brought up a great point with reviews, like reviews and recommending people and um, well, Google and Facebook reviews, especially that, that gets so integrated into everybody's society now um, TripAdvisor massively for um, places. Probably like Zach's probably more reliant on TripAdvisor. Where we're more reliant on uh, maybe you too. Um, more associated with Google and Google reviews than anything else. Um, it does a, a huge difference for people. Um, so that's yeah. in, at the very I, least I, that, but yeah, that's, but
2: but I, that. But that, but that, that, all that does is that helps out the business owner or the boat captain. That doesn't right. do anything. For, that doesn't do anything for the dive master who's working. And not
0: getting paid, no, unless
4: it, it, uh, unless the dive business owner has a policy that rewards yes. any reviews that yeah. specifically mention uh, dive staff. So
3: yeah, but yeah. When, when you got, got the cost end. of running a brick and mortar or running a charter boat, it's it's a little tough. And in the industry, the dive masters, the instructors, make money, but the dive masters generally uh, work for gratuities and for benefits of being associated with the shop. You know, yeah, discounts on equipment and stuff, but but there's certainly no uh, the, the cost the cost would be just just uh, of running a, of a motor store or running a dive charter adding adding the cost of paying crew. There's, there's nobody that pays their crews.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's it's it's an interesting conundrum that we that we're in. And it's it's interesting to hear the differences like between Mexico and Bonaire and and, and the United States in general and how things are so different. I think Zach is well zach you seem to have seen the most um diversity in different cultures of tipping clients um out of all of us because you know bonaire is more of that dutch island where mexico you guys probably get more u.s citizens than some other you know u.s tourists some mexican tourists than some other countries but you zach are getting you know more of the um Where's most of it? Most of it's Dutch, right? You get
0: uh it, it's Dutch and American. It yeah. really is pretty much an even divide between it mostly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So um Tech Clark wanted to be on, but tech had something going on tonight. So tech sent me a Uh, A message to give us something, some talking points so that he could be still involved because he wanted to be involved, but he was busy. So I'll go ahead and read off text thing. And then we got a couple of a couple of comments that I'll go get into Um, says, I think the issue of tipping is important and it stems directly from instructors. Instructors are are to be the coaches on tipping, how much to tip and how to tip. However, there are two issues that hinder the instructors doing this. One issue is when a class is taught that never goes on a boat or doesn't have a dive master assisting, then the practice of tipping is non-existent in that class. The second factor is that most instructors have never worked as a boat crew in their life. So they don't get to the importance for tipping. I liken this to tipping in restaurants. If you have worked in the restaurant industry as a waiter or waitress, chances are you tip better than the average person. This is, because you have walked in their shoes and know how hard the work is and importance of tips. Again, tipping is to be coached properly by instructors. Tech is not here to defend himself. I'm sure tech will jump on the comments later on, (laughs) but you guys can go ahead and, and talk about that. Uh, go ahead, Joseph. You were waving at me. Either you just wanted to say hi and you miss me or you've got a comment you need to make.
2: No, I, no, I don't miss you a bit. But I will oh. say that I completely agree with him because, like, all right, so say, as in, we're all instructors, I believe we're all instructors. But say, like, when you teach your boat diving class, do you actually teach them that, hey, this is what the... norm. Normally, this is how we tip. This is what we do. This is, you know, the process of it, you know. And there's two things out of that comment that I want to say. One... Whenever I teach my advanced students and I teach the the boat necessarily, I actually put that in there as like part of the actual course. The actual part of the course, like, hey, this is boat etiquette. I don't call it tipping. I don't say, hey, this is what you're going to do. This is how you're going to do it. Perfect. But this is boat Perfect. etiquette. This yep. is get on board until the captain proves or gives you permission to get on board. Uh, this is how you do it. This is what you do. This is where you put your bags. This is everything. You basically give that person a complete scenario of how and of – to actually operate on a boat. So the tipping part does come in. I always tell them, hey, this this is uh, totally up to you. I'm not telling you to tip. I'm not telling you to do anything that you don't want to do. You tip whatever you want to do. But it is, you know, I just reiterate that, hey, a lot of these people, especially down the keys or anywhere else, they don't get paid. This is what they actually make is off of their, off their tips. The second thing that he was talking about was um, uh, <laughs> actually never having t- instructors don't really know I- I'm benefit or I'm not actually have a benefit, but I I'm very privileged to have actually done, done a lot of that. I've actually very privileged to actually ran a boat. I'm actually very privileged to actually have worked the boat. I know what goes on through. I know what actually happens. I know that those people are there an hour early to throw ice in, to get the fish ready or get, you know, bait ready or anything like that. That's a lot of work before they even get there and then you're sick and you're tired and you're done and by the time the customers get there you smile and put on a smiling face all day long you know you, you try to give them everything they need and then like, like what john was talking about by the time they leave the work has really just begun so and if you don't tip That's that shit. person then it, it sucks i mean i've been there i've done that like it, it is like it's like well, Maybe then you second guess yourself. Well, maybe I didn't do a good job, or maybe I didn't do this, or you know, maybe I was I said something, or you know, all these things come into your mind. So I actually agree with Tech on both of those standpoints that the instructors who teach this scenarios, they need to teach boat etiquette. So yes, they teach you how to giant stride, they teach you how to get off of the boat, and the proper lines and the granny lines and all that, but they don't teach you to do like etiquette wise. We've all been on a dive boat where there's always been that one guy or one girl or whoever that was just a complete just you know what, and he just no, I he had more <laughs> Nope, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not specifying so that that. Right. We've I, all I we've I mean, jump- I'm just saying that was that's I, I agree on takes both of those parts of it, especially the. I think. The, uh, the edit club
4: Hey, Joseph. To jump off of your point, I, when you said that the instructor should be the one uh, coaching the the, uh, the divers, uh, we've got some comments coming in from YouTube from Brock. That uh, I don't know if you can highlight them, Jason. Yeah, which one do you but, want? Uh, the first one.
0: If is dive shop. Pretty
4: genius. Pretty, pretty genius. I, I, that's almost what Joseph was saying about instructors coaching their clients. It, we have uneducated, uh, not uneducated. I don't like that word, but just customers are not aware of what they should be doing. Uh, yeah. and So then, let's uh,
1: hold on one second. Let's read it because it's going to go into a podcast too, so people don't know what we're talking about. So um, if every dive shop included a statement on their tipping policies in their website uh, FAQs, it would answer the question that a lot of people are uncomfortable asking. So go ahead, Nicole, sorry to interrupt, but I just want people to know what's no, going
4: on. No, perfect. <laughs> and I wanted to highlight his use of the word uncomfortable. Uh, and then uh, on another comment, uh, he, he, he writes that tipping a worker at a restaurant is less awkward because cash is already changing hands. And I don't know how many of you dive professionals. I, I, I've experienced it a hundred times. Have you ever felt that receiving a tip uh, after a dive class kind of maybe feels like a like something bad like maybe a drug exchange I have like I have like cons- I have like my clients come to me like hidden <laughs> hidden from all of the other students and they'll pass me maybe like a crumpled up little dollar bill and then they'll shuffle all, off all and wet I'll- in the wetsuit <laughs> yeah. yeah and I'll-, uh. I'll check the dollar bill and be like what do they give me oh it's a five or or-, yeah. I- or or when just the- just the whole concept of tipping uh, we go on a group trip t- uh, trip and it's time to uh, it's the last day and it's time to uh, tip. Uh, the, the crew and we all put the tips into an envelope and then nobody knows who paid what. And we just, <laughs> man, just the whole concept of it being awkward, uh, I I love that. I think that's also why uh, that FAQ would be so, such a great idea because it takes away, it shines a light on, uh, it, it provides people guidance on something that's so,
0: so awkward. <laughs> well, yeah. and it can yeah, go- Yeah, I actually, Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
5: Sorry. No, I was just going to tell a short story that um, after working with European clients for a long time, there was an American client who was settling the bill with me, and we were doing, like, a paypal payment, and so he hands me the phone, and I'm like, that amount is wrong. And he's like, no, it's fine. And I'm like, no, it's wrong. And he's like, no, no it's fine. I'll decide it. And I'm like, no, this is not the amount. It's it's more than the amount. And he's like, and that's fine. And I was like, okay, <laughs> let's just do the payment. <laughs> like I was so not used to it. And, and he was just tipping me, you know, and I was like, no, 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 and no, no. And tip is like, like a bad word.
1: <laughs> yeah.
5: yeah. Don't say tip. Um, tip. <laughs>
3: Don't. Well, I just like... to go. go ahead, Jack.
0: I just wanted to kind of comment on what Nicole was saying about the awkwardness of it, but also going back to kind of the original uh, statement. Um, I had once uh, worked for a resort where the tips were joint, they were divided up. And when the guests came in, you know, they were given a group briefing and that was one of the things that the management even specified to them is like, do not give tips directly to the instructors or the dive masters. You put them in this tank box or whatever and they get divided up but then you would get in the situation where somebody really enjoyed the week with you they're trying very very hard to give you money and you're like look i can't take it and then they're trying to like put it in your bcd pocket or in your dive bag and you're like look you're gonna get me fired like it's like if this if this is seen you know it's like i appreciate it but i can't take this you know and complicates things
1: drastically because you you're supposed to be tipping on service right like yeah the entire crew did something but zach if you did an amazing badass job i'm gonna be like i want you to have this money like i don't want you know all right maybe i'll give them something but you did extra and above i would like to give you 40 versus 20 because of how much how well you did because it should be associated with like a tip is extra service technically like it's extra good job so how do we balance that whole thing out so it's complicates things, John. Before anyone yeah. makes a comment on my comment, they can come back to it. I don't want you to get cut off, so go ahead. Yeah,
3: on the gypsy, we 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 will collect the tips. They'll they'll hand it to whoever who they felt gave them the service. But we will pool it amongst mm-hmm. ourselves. We just, We we divide it up evenly. So we 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 may not let that on to the to the customers, but that's how we deal with it on the gypsy. On on dive uh, for the shop, it's usually a one-on-one basis with the way that I'm experiencing right. with it uh, because I do the discovers. And um, I also do the intro to Northeast Rec Diving, which is not really a certification, but it's exactly what Joe was talking about. It's a diver's etiquette, ha- how to deal with everything from showing up <laughs> in the morning, how to pack your gear, how to how to bring it on the boat, the the whole gratuity. And I don't like the word tip myself. I prefer the word gratuity. And we we don't... We don't change like to to, to Tamra's uh, comments before. Our level of service is our level of service, particularly on the Gypsy Blood. We we provide a very high level of service. We're a full service charter, and we you know we, we do it based on whether we're going to get gratuity or not. If, if we provide you good service and you feel like a gratuity isn't worth, that's kind of how it should play out.
1: Nice. All right, everybody's quiet for a second. So, nobody wants to jump on anything. I got a comment here. Let's see what John has. Any insight from the group on the availability of reliable and educated dive masters to continue to assist in situations where they are being rewarded or tipped or receiving a gratuity, as opposed to the situations where they are not? What's the turnover for shops related to dive master availability? So, I'm going to answer a little bit of this from personal stuff. Um, I'm not going to so much. I'm going to cover one topic and not so much tipping. Um, especially with dive master candidates, it's a, little, it's a little bit of a challenge. And then dive masters that a lot of times people get into a dive master program without realizing what truly being a dive master is. And they just want to dive around for free and have fun. And then they realize that they have to haul some tanks and have to do some work. And that's, it's grueling and nasty. So that there's a big turnover for that has nothing to do with uh, gratuities and payment or anything like that. It's purely like, I just, I, I just signed up to dive with dolphins. And you're like, no, you, you signed up for, to be a dive leader. And they're like, no, I just wanted to dive more. And you're like, that's a completely different program, man. So uh, I wanted to get that out of the way before we had to, to cover anything else, but uh, uh, we'll keep going in, in clockwise ish fashion. So Joseph, um, what do what are you, what do you see with people staying in the industry specifically towards gratuity tipping and being compensated?
2: i mean i agree with it i mean I, but again like we talked about it's a catch-22 i mean it's i agree with it just because as a dive shop owner or as a captain or a boat owner or whatever whatever you are i mean yeah the 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 trip advisor and all that that's great but that does nothing for the person who is actually getting and doing the work that, mm-hmm. that does nothing for them and i I'd fully agree that i think you should do um uh, now, it's totally up to you. It's totally up to them on what they want to tip and however that works. But, I, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I fully get it because I am one. Uh, I have to work the boat Sunday, So – and I worked the boat last week. So, I mean, I totally understand it. Like, I totally get it. And go back to – and I'm not trying to get off topic, but the awkwardness thing, that's a real thing. That That is real, especially for people like me. Or not necessarily. Yeah.
1: Like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially
2: yeah. for you. I knew, <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. <laughs> So, Thank like, after we, after we get back to the dock and, you know, I tie everything off and everything is good good situated, I start unloading tanks and everything. And that's normally where people will do it because they want to be away from everybody else. They
5: mm-hmm. want to be
2: away from everybody else. They don't want to do it right there in the beginning. And, and it's more or less like a common courtesy thing. I guess in my opinion, John can maybe tell you, like, I never look at what the bill is. I always just take it and put just it in my right pocket. Right in your pocket, <laughs> right in the pocket. I just—I don't even take it. I put it in my pocket and go on uh-huh. I don't even want to look at it. It could be a hundred-dollar bill, and I'd be like, "Oh shit!" I have no—I don't even want to look. <laughs> it's just common courtesy. Yeah? So, uh, as I'm a so dime master, I can't get the only it. One. No, it like, could
5: be—it could be a message.
0: Just, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. I it could I, just and be a post-it
5: with something written on it, and you just put it in your pocket. Yeah,
1: I tip all dive masters with Joseph's uh, phone number in a heart <laughs> every single one. I don't care who they are, everyone gets Joseph's phone number with a heart on it and just see what happens. So, uh, Zach, uh, I'll throw the comment back up there so that uh, basically, uh, what are you guys seeing? Are you guys utilizing dive masters in Bon Air? How's that whole thing uh, working out for you? I mean.
0: Well, the, the bigger resorts down here do use dive masters. Um, they do make a salary, too. Um, but granted, you know, being an instructor down here, if you're working for one of these bigger resorts, doesn't mean you're just an instructor. There's a lot of days you are boat captain, you are dive master as well, too. Um, now, granted, I do have to say, usually if you are down here as a dive master, uh the increase in pay is usually enough incentive for most people to decide like, okay, I'm in this industry. I might as well be an instructor.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. So, uh, so you're seeing people that are actually kind of progressing. Uh, We see the same thing. We can run IDCs in-house. So I know Joseph can too. And it's a, you know, you're a dive master. Now, Now if you want to do these other things, it's very quick and easy for, well, I want to say quick and easy. It's quick and easy to make the transition to start the transition yeah. from dive master to instructor. Like, you want to do yeah. that? Sure. We're going to do a mentor program. You want to start next week? Like, it's going to take you six, eight months, but yeah, we can start that. Like, not a problem. So, it's, ours is a super easy just transition. In. Just
2: roll them yeah. into assistant instructor.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not overly complicated to get them started if they're qualified and ready to go. Um, so, we're seeing people that progress the opposite direction. We have a whole of dive masters where I am because of the fact that they progressed to the instructor and don't really do a ton of time as a dive master, um, relatively speaking. So, uh, John, uh, what are you seeing from dive masters? And do you, are you seeing people leaving because they're not being compensated? Or or um, how is that affecting dive masters in your area?
3: Generally, in, in the shop that I work at, uh, the, the, the dive masters that work their way up, uh, I, I know it sounds a little corny, but they are doing it for the love of the sport. Mm-hmm. The, what they make in gratuities isn't... You know, most of them have real jobs. Um, I don't want to say <laughs> that they <did> sound right. <laughs> most, mm-hmm. most of them have full, full-time paying jobs is, is what I meant to, to, for that, that to come out as. Um, and whatever they make in gratuities pays for their breathing gas, pays for their fuel, their cost to get into the quarry if they're working at the quarry. Um, mm-hmm. And then if they want to advance you know, up into instructor, that's, that's where they would begin getting paid per student or a number of the dive sh- you know, we've got a brick and mortar store and the work the retail end of it um, mm-hmm. so so most of our dive masters or most of our retail people are also dive masters and just with the classes but they're they're making their money in sales um the, the 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 charter boat uh that that that's we all come from different walks of life and yeah everybody's mm-hmm. got it got a different take on, on on you know again but we're not the doing- for it's, it's so we're not in it for the money the money again pays for the breathing gas pays for the cost to get to the boat you know a, a little couple of extra bucks to have a drink afterwards it's it's not a, it's not a killer it's not a killer day but uh it, it covers our expenses
1: yep uh so nicole same same general you know question you know is um do we see more turnover if dive masters are not tipped or Uh, aren't receiving a gratuity or being rewarded in some way, shape or form um, versus not, or what's your experience personally?
4: Yeah. So let's talk about uh, attracting (laughs) and keeping talent in the industry Uh because I, this myth of, uh, and and John, you said it, but it it's not just you. The whole world thinks that diving is not a real job, and that mm-hmm. breaks hearts of people like Jason and yep. Shirley, sure, <laughs> because um, you know uh, when that's the dominant uh, narrative out there that diving isn't a real job. What you're going to do is you're only going to attract dive professionals who can afford to kind of treat it as a hobby, as a side job, and you're going to get uh, uninvested individuals who are, I'm not going to, they're not really bringing much to the table here. Mm-hmm. Now imagine you have somebody like Jason, I imagine that diving is your full time job and then some, right? Uh,
1: now it is. Yeah. I just quit the hospital yesterday. So, uh, yeah.
4: Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but look at what you've been able to create for us with all the time that you've invested. You've created a, a dram of diving, which all of a sudden we're having these talks, which might have the ability to impact the industry. And that's because you had the time to do it. Uh, uh, but imagine you were still working six different jobs, and then you were only working as dive for fun. Uh, uh, so to, to answer the question, uh, there are so many talented business people and technology experts. And, uh, you know, I was a game designer before I uh, became a, a full-time da- uh, dive dive, uh, dive professional, and, and it it was a process. So I had scuba as a side gig, and then as I started making more money, I transitioned, and I still sometimes have, have to work other gigs, but um, honestly, we are not... It's a real shame that diving is not looked at as a real job because we're missing out on all the intelligent business people that can... Literally, there are people on Wall Street that could probably come in and single-handedly solve this entire tipping crisis with their intelligence but they're not doing diving because they don't they think it's for fun and for teenagers and uh yeah teenagers who uh after graduating college they go backpack around the world and go broke like i did Mm -hmm. so yeah uh, yeah, that's that's my take it needs to change
1: all right um let's do the same question how about for mexico you know what are you guys seeing for assistance and stuff like that
5: Um, there's a lot of dive masters in places that have a a very big flow of divers like Cozumel, mm-hmm. where you have boats with 30, 40 people. But on the continent, dive shops tend to be like a lot smaller. So the dive boats are maybe between six and 15 people max like there's a couple boats that can fit 15 to 20 but it's maybe like three boats you know talking about the mayan riviera so Mm -hmm. dive masters tend to be locals we don't really have i mean because this is a location famous for idc's um so we don't have a lot of people actually asking for a dive master job without having in mind already that they want to be an instructor, mm-hmm. um, so there is a lot of turnover and um, there are some people who are dive masters uh, for a very long time uh, but usually they have fixed positions at operations that have been uh, active for a very long time as well and it's generally uh, big operations that have um, yeah a lot of divers in one day. So in that case, I think that tipping is something that keeps them in the industry. And they're super loyal to their dive shops and they um tend to have like a lot of recommendations and and people here come back every year. Like there's a lot of people like in the dive tourism that are just like seasonally. They will be there for one or two or three months during the winter. Um, Americans, Canadians and you know, they have their dive master. Like if you read the forums, it's like my dive master says this and my dive master is uh, the same person for the last 10 years. So I think there is, there is something in there um, that is the opposite of what the comment was that because of the low income dive masters are uh, creating a, a, a high turnover in some locations, um, actually, the tips are so good that they stay dive masters uh, for a very long time like 10-15 years dive master um, They also tend to share boat duties. So most of them are also boat captains or um, How do you call this? Um, deck hand? I don't mm-hmm. know in, in English if it's the, mm-hmm. the word but um, Hello, sorry that was, so yeah, I think that in in some places the tips are better for dive masters than for for instructors because you spend four or five days or maybe, well, depends on the operation, but it could be anywhere from two to four days with the same person and they're definitely not tipping you per day um, because the price of the course is already kind of steep. So they just think like this person is with me for, for the rest of the week and that's it. The mm-hmm. dive masters have also like maybe four, five, six dives a day with different groups of people. So they, they in that case, like, yeah, it's the other side of the coin. They get a lot more um, opportunity or contact with different people. And the instructor who's teaching the same two people for four days, like he's only been in touch with two people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but it's definitely not a popular location to to be a dive master uh, in the long run. It's more popular here that people are looking to become instructors in in general.
1: Yep, that makes sense. Um, So essentially it comes down to, in order to make a significant wage, one way or the other, the the payment has to be there. Um, So tipping is one way to increase that revenue stream for those individuals or a higher wage is the other thing. So Marty brought up and bring up his things here. Some Americans are shopping around for the best price for a course, dive course or dive or trip. Do you think that if we raise the cost to include and account for paying all staff wages that the person would go to another competitor. Uh, Joseph, we talked about that. I think Nicole, you stirred the pot on this earlier. Um, So we will go round robin again. Uh, I like the order we're going and it seems to be working out. So Joseph, why don't you go again? Um, And uh, do you think Americans are just, or I mean, just general culture wise, like we've seen that there's lots of different cultures. Um, Do you think that the cultures that are more dependent on tipping, if you started to include those things that somebody would go elsewhere?
2: Mexico and U.S. and again, it it does go back to the culture thing, but I think it is because we we kind of touched on this a little bit before, and I know Nicole has mentioned it before too. Is if if we charge one hundred forty five dollars and then we want to charge one hundred sixty five dollars, and that's the gratuity included. If that's the case, then you're basically taking that 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 percentage or whatever and giving it straight to the person when that's not necessarily, if I'm a consumer, if I'm a customer, then I want to make that decision. I don't want to make anything else. So honestly, that would probably tear me off a little bit because if it says gratuity is already added, well, okay. Well then if the gratuity is already added, that's it's a double-edged sword too, because if the gratuity is already added, then what's given that dive master the incentive to actually do anything. That, and, and in my opinion, because I've seen that. that, that does happen.
1: What if it's just it a higher price and it doesn't say gratuity included?
2: Then I mean you're just you're jacking up the price of your 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 calls. I mean they're they're people are going to shop around anyway. I mean that's the mm-hmm. that's the case. I mean you know that you own a dime shop. You know, that's, yeah. that's we've seen that all the time. People are going to shop around anyway. So, no one cares what I think. I want to know what you think. But <laughs> you're right. You're you're right. <laughs> 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 Not necessarily, I mean, I think they will. I don't think that it's a good sign. I, I definitely, like you said, I wouldn't say that it, I would add the I would add the gratuity into it. I, would, I definitely wouldn't put it on there that shows the person is getting gratuity added to it. Uh, like you see that on a you go to a restaurant, you see it on there. Like it's just kind of it's deteriorating a little bit. It's just mm-hmm. like I, I just don't like it. I don't like it at all. Uh, even if you didn't put that on there, you're still raising the prices on something that you know that's going to keep them thinking. Um, yep. yeah, I don't like it. All
0: right, Zach. Uh, well I mean it's kind of one of those things that it kind of goes back to like what we were talking about a little bit about educating the customer. Um, I charge $200 more than anyone else does on this island for my open water course per student. but I also reduce the ratios in my open water courses to a maximum of three students and that's the thing. I get that all the time. Everyone's like, oh, you're so much more but you're also getting a more one-on-one experience. You're not going to be put in a class with you know, Seven other people, um, and not getting the attention that you're going to get. So um, I do charge a lot more than a lot of other people do for their courses. But you know that's the one thing I really try to uh, get across to people. Um, one of the things we also do is we actually charge per day of training. You know, so on average, you know, somebody can finish an open water course with e-learning three days. But if they're like, hey, I want a little bit more time, or we're like, hey, we feel you need an extra day. They're just paying for an extra day, you know, and so there's no pressure on them as far as like, it's like, hey, we can get it done in this time, but this is maybe what you're looking at and you are paying for a uh, better service with me by paying a higher price.
3: Yeah. John, thoughts? Um, on, on, the, on the Northeast coast here off New Jersey, uh, there are a limited number of. Of charters and it, it, it's very competitive so they they tend to keep the price per seat about the same if you were to start tacking gratuities on they're going to go to the other boat uh it, it's it's kind of that plain and simple um but my counterpoint point to
1: that is you guys are sold out like every weekend every boat it's virtually impossible to get on a boat in new jersey isn't it right now it is uh <laughs> it, 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 yeah. well I,
3: I think a lot of that has to do with covid people are not traveling yeah. uh at two seasons ago you could you could get a seat maybe three or four weeks out. Right now, I'm finding most of the shops are sold out through August. Uh, yeah, I got, I got even some go Bay beyond June,
1: but yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Um, but I going back to the point of adding a gratuity. Uh, in in a previous life, I was in the service industry. I waited tables, and I I felt that I could make a better gratuity with my service than the company tacking a gratuity onto the check for me uh you know we had a table of six it was like okay you got to put an automatic gratuity because it's a six times higher and i'm like no let, let, let me do my job I'll, I'll i'll get the tab up and i'll get a gratuity don't worry about it and uh, you know i i think that the service should speak to the gratuity not not necessarily being tacked on automatically suppose you're tacking on automatically and, and your service sucks yep. <laughs> so, yeah yeah then, then why am i paying in a gratuity you know on the other hand, if we work extra or, or, or if something you know somebody drops their dive computer off the back of the boat and we, we throw a shot line and we recover a dive computer, sure, hit the crew up for a couple extra bucks. You your return computer. That, that kind of sucks. Uh, yeah. We've done it more than once. we got pretty much an 80 recovery rate from people dropping crap off the back of the boat. <laughs> but um, it, it, I think the gratuity should be, should be an earned thing. How much if somebody drops a porthole? Uh don't even go there. <laughs> uh, have Nicole. you heard my porthole story? We'll leave it right there. <laughs> Nicole.
4: Well, we're continuing to have this discussion in a way where everybody assumes that the only way to compensate a dive professional for their labor is by raising the price on the consumer. And I refuse to accept that reality, uh, or as an I refuse to accept that as an absolute. I don't think that uh, raising the prices is the only solution. I find that quite unimaginative. Now, I'm not I, I understand full well that not everybody has the liberty to just say, oh, let's let's just have a virtual office. Uh, I understand that not everybody can do that, but I do think that every dive business owner has the ability to identify other things that are valuable that can uh, compensate their staff. Um, I also think, um, uh, Joseph, you mentioned, if the the gratuity is added right up front, what motivates the dive professional to perform good service and to perform beyond Um, for my business? for example, uh, one thing that is extremely valuable to me is uh, Google and Yelp reviews and TripAdvisor. Uh, Why are those uh, valuable? They're way more valuable than the $5 bill that you could uh, tip your dive master, because what that's going to do is that's going to uh, put us up in the algorithm and help us be more discoverable and also uh you know uh drive more traffic now does that benefit the uh jo- Joseph's concern was that that only benefits the business owner and not the workers uh, and that is an extremely valid concern so uh i think it's the business owner's responsibility to really talk it out with their employees uh because i think that an amazing dive business an amazing dive business is one that thrives when their workers are actively helping to grow their business and where they're being rewarded for doing so. So for example, um, when we, uh, you know, we, we discourage tipping, uh, we encourage uh, reviews, and when a dive professional's name is mentioned in a review, uh, you know, they'll be compensated additionally, for something like that. So they are motivated by the prospect of having, for example, a good review written about them. I'm not saying that that is the only way to, um, to uh, promote you know, a good service by your employees or, uh, but it is a way and it starts the conversation of what are other ways that we can compensate our workers that don't involve pri- uh, raising the prices on our consumers.
1: All right. Tamara?
5: Um, well, I I kind of want to mention this because I am bicultural. So, like, I lived in Europe for a long time, so I understand very well how Europeans think. And I'm also Mexican, so we are kind of I mean, in our culture, like someone else said, like, it doesn't feel right if everything is kind of, like, on the paycheck like you want to have that kind of thrill of not knowing they're giving you and then they give it to you and you get home and you thought it was a ten dollar and it's a hundred dollar or something like there is something in in the culture of tipping that is on the side of the receiver but there's also a lot of like how do you say like there there is pleasure in giving someone a tip and saying your service was so good that this is how I'm thanking you. And if you think about it, if a friend does something nice for you, you'll maybe bake them a, a cake or something, or you'd bring flowers. or. But when you have a customer and you create that link, it's very difficult, like right at the awkward moment, to come up with ways of like thanking the dive professionals. So um, I, I definitely think that in our culture it is – kind of the way that is, how how do I show my appreciation? Well, I'm going to give some more money to this person. Um, In Mexico, most young people have to work maybe 40, 50 hours a week so they can maybe pay for their education. In Europe, uh, students have the right to work up to 20 hours per week. So it's a completely different view on how things are earned in the same way Europeans they think why would I have to pay more at the end of the service like it's it's you know when they explain it to me it's like I want to know how much it costs and I want to have the money ready I don't want Mm -hmm. to finish the service and then figure out how much more I owe you that's how they see it Um, and having to work with people from uh, a lot of European countries, I've had some really heated discussions, you know, like some people who are used to traveling on a budget, which doesn't necessarily mean they don't have money, but they just assign a certain amount for their for the trip or their diving or their backpacking. And they're like, why should I add 10% on the total cost of my trip, you know, If I'm traveling on a budget and then I'm like, well, if you go to a country where this is the custom, then you should kind of make it work in the way that locals um, perceive it uh, logical, you know, you can't go to another country and say, like, this is how we do it in Mexico and I'm gonna do it like this in France, in Germany. And that's the same thing. If I go, like I remember years of living in Belgium and in the beginning I wanted to tip, it felt so awkward to leave a restaurant without tipping. Um, and the few times that I tipped, I was like told to other people like, don't do that. It's so diminishing that you give like extra money to someone who's working in a proper establishment. So, I think, like, for me, the, the cultural um, topic is a, it's a very strong one. Um, I think, in my case, I already put my prices above, like, Zach was saying, like, above everybody else. And I try to give value to the things that I do to people. Um, now, as scuba instructors, you all know, like, I've been abused. On before, during, and after the dive. I have given my own personal equipment to divers who had something broken and I saved their dive like a lot of times. But not a single time in my dive career, someone has pulled out of their pocket and ordered to replace the o ring in their own regulator. Um, and nobody has ever asked me if they need to pay for the for those spare parts that I have given them. You know, like I, I have done, and I continue to do a lot of things for my customers um, that I ultimately may not get a reward for. And um, I think that they, because they think having is our custom, um, they mind all of it take to be uh, giving this good service or being a good instructor or how many more hours of training I do every year just that I can keep up and be, you know, the the best service I can give. Um, So I think, like, uh, yeah, earlier on, Nicole was saying that the customers are uninformed not only on the tipping but also on what it takes to do this profession. it's not because I, I just didn't like my other job that I took on a new one. It's like I want to dedicate my life to this, and I want to do it in a healthy and positive way. Um, but yeah, sometimes the things that you do for customers are kind of like borderline ridiculous, and <laughs> and then it kind of goes like, um, how do you say, like un, unrewarded, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've had customers that couldn't step on the boat ladder and I had to place their foot on the ladder and then they would go up and then I'd place the other foot on the next step. And like if, if I was just doing strictly what my instructor manual says, I wouldn't be doing that, you know, um, mm-hmm. or I, I wouldn't have like. Tampons in my bag just so in any case any girl the boat needs one or you know Mm like Any kind of thing that you ask to an instructor They may have it in their pocket because they're kind of ready to to be helpful and that's the extra mile That's just like doing things that that I'm maybe not supposed to do But if it makes you happy and if I help you um, You know, I would be happy if you show me The love and the appreciation and kind of like the culture. If you do something uh, good, you get this. And if you do something amazing, you are kind of expecting that there will be something more.
1: Gotcha. A couple of things brought this up and uh, Joseph asked for it. So I'm going to throw it up there because a couple of you guys hinted at this. It would be interesting to see what the the, uh, type of demographic gets attracted by the higher price. There is a market for premium. And you start to talk about... um, you know, if you are making a more reasonable profit margin for your time for less people versus having more people in and um, and uh, less profit structure, there you start to to see different things. Um, I charge a premium for you know my technical. Training definitely, and we have low, low uh, open water numbers, two to four if it's a family for our open water classes, max. um So two people other than that, but we, we charge a little bit of an extra premium to make sure that we can can keep our classes small because a pool hour costs a pool hour. Um, it's a little bit different subject matter, but it's the same general idea. But the idea of if you charged a premium and denied. Tips? how would that change things and this is going to be our last topic because we're over an hour at this point in time but so what is the what is the market what do you guys think you would see if you are charging a premium there
2: mr joseph that's actually not the comment that i was referring to (laughs) what was it (laughs) well (laughs) well Yeah, well, well. Okay. you said put up David's comment. Uh, uh, yeah, his other comment. <laughs> mandating <laughs> gratuity. And there you go. All right. There you Mandate, go. Let's talk about that one. Yes. Mandating a
1: gratuity and delivering yeah. poor performance is a
2: lost uh, customer forever. Absolutely. So, this goes back to the uh, the very beginning where we talked about mandating gratuity and delivering poor performance is a lost customer forever. I could not agree more. Uh, that That is by far. A, I've never heard of a truer statement when it comes to something like that in my mind. Um, well, I completely agree with it. Is if you actually have, you're mandating somebody to say, hey, this is what we offer. This is our premium service. And then you do a, a shitty job, then you've lost that customer forever. I, I couldn't agree with it. But I couldn't agree more just because that's, that's what it is. Exactly right. mm-hmm. uh, if, you, if you offer that and you're going to put that on there and you're going to say, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. Uh, and then you do a very crappy job, then I'm never going back to you again because you already take you basically take my money for it. So uh, I couldn't agree more. That was the comment. That, I just thought that that was a good comment to say during that point when we were talking about the gratuity, adding the gratuity to it. Even gotcha. if you didn't say, even if you didn't say that I'm going to add gratuity to it, it's just it makes the the price jump up. So I thought that was a good comment when it came into that it was. Uh, another one uh, that I saw was, I feel a dive professional is just that a professional will be their best regardless. That's true too. Couldn't agree more. Uh, there was a couple. Yeah, um, that was one that kind of stuck out a little bit only because you know we all got trained in the same way. Whether it be once we crossed over into the from open water to a dive professional, it's no longer about our diving. It's about their diving. Uh, mm-hmm. It's no longer about us. It's about them. So you have to keep that in mind, that these are professionals. They are going to do their best job. However, it all comes down to, are you going to pay them? You can do these great reviews. You can do all this stuff. But can you guarantee that that boat captain or that mm-hmm. store operator is going to give them a cut? Because they gave you a Yelp review. Um, okay. So if they give you a Yelp review or if they give you a Facebook review or anything like that, it's like, oh. Nine times out of ten, they're not going to call out the original person. They're just going to say, hey, these guys were great, you know, and then they move on, and that's it. So how are you going to know if you're going to give that person an actual cut of that or a raise for that? How are you going to know this, that it was that individual person? That was my biggest thing when it comes to that. I'm not disagreeing with Nicole by no means. I just think that that was one of those that you definitely just have to look at that. Um, you definitely have to look at that. You have to go through that. And it really all comes down on the business owner, boat captain or whoever. But that was my two cents on on the actual dip.
4: Can I respond to Joseph? (sighs) Absolutely. Go right ahead. Joseph, I completely agree with you. There is absolutely no way that you can guarantee that, that dive professional will be paid fairly. But, uh, if divers and consumers start, start getting real curious and start asking, uh, the dive business owners and start demanding, not, not demanding, but if it, it, they normalize talking about this and so that every dive shop kind of publishes a policy or, or so, you know, the, the more curious consumers are, the more we can make sure that our money is reaching the dive professionals who deserve it. Right,
1: right, great other comments, people want to respond to that? I'm not going to go round robin because we're over an hour. If there's something you guys want to go ahead and comment on, then then go right ahead. Or closing statements in general. Anybody want to say something as we're closing
3: up? Um, well, Joseph or Zach? One, one other thing yeah. on the, uh, the uncomfortable <laughs> level is, um, like it or not, we're moving more to a cashless society. Mm-hmm. Yep. And people sometimes do not have money in their pockets for a tip. Yeah, um, I never have
4: money. <laughs> no,
3: I
5: yeah.
3: Well, I, I took a, 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 a page from somebody that I bumped into in Savannah who was, you know, hand handling on the street, and I said, "I'm sorry, I don't have cash." He said, "Well, you can use my Venmo." <laughs> right. Well, I now put my Venmo up on the board during my discovers and in my intro to Northeast wreck diving, and I am surprised on the amount of gratuities I get through Venro because people don't have the $5 in their pocket that they would like to give because they felt like they got something out of the course or the, mm-hmm. they're not even really courses, the dive master and the, uh, the discover scuba and the, uh, the intro, but they, they, they take us something away from it. Yep. And, uh, if they feel like they earned something, like, like I earned the gratuity, I, I don't think it should ever be tacked on. And I don't think you should ever alter your level of service expecting one yeah it's a good comment
0: zach go ahead um i guess a closing argument i'd like to say on this is you know yeah anybody that's you know in the service and has been doing it for a while i think everybody can agree it's like you're doing it because you love it it's not about the money um i think too you know a big part of it is as a consumer just like everything you know it's like you vote with your dollars And it is up to you to find out the dive operations that you're diving with, whether they're taking care of their staff, um, whether you're getting a fair price of what you're paying for and stuff. I mean, you do that when you buy a car. You don't just go and just grab whatever, you know, and I think it's up to the consumer to do that. And if you feel like that, you know, you're diving with an operation that their professionals aren't being compensated, then find somebody that is.
3: Good. I like that. Very good point.
1: Closing arguments or last things you guys want to say?
4: So I'll, no. I'll jump in. Go right ahead. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, I think it goes from a tipping argument to a debate about fair pay in, in dive industry and we talked about retaining talent and attracting talent, uh, rewarding and recognizing dive professionals for their labor. And you can get creative with how you pay dive professionals, whether the book business owner uh rewards them. Or I remember Tamara said that she's received uh gifts from her dive uh from her divers. I love gifts myself. I've I have like plushies and I've gone on trips that people have uh, flown me out on and I those are memories I'll cherish forever um that being said um I today as Jason mentioned I stirred the pot and caused quite a controversy by posting the controversial statement that dive professionals should be compensated fairly for their labor and um it's it's more controversial more controversial than I would uh There are, I guess, a lot of people who don't think that or don't want fair labor, uh, fair pay. Um, But I will post the if anybody is interested, and all of you seem like good candidates. If you think that dive professionals, uh, that human beings should be paid for labor, especially skilled, risky, and physically demanding labor, uh, you're a good candidate for the to to sign this petition. and also if you just love diving and want to see the industry um, uh, revitalized. if And uh, a lot of questions about the efficiency or the effectiveness of a petition. And to be honest, I don't know. I'm, I'm quite skeptical <laughs> myself. I'm not going to say that if you sign this petition, it, I'll, it'll be recognized by the president of diving in the world and that this problem will go away. But what I can guarantee is that it will start conversations like this. It will get people thinking. It will educate consumers. And uh, another actionable uh, thing that we can ask is that uh, big agencies such as DEMA um, that they start gathering more statistics about these types of issues, uh, how much people are being paid and and stuff. And uh, maybe we'll actually have some tangible information and data to work with so maybe that's what this position will achieve but uh <laughs> i'll post it in the link right uh in the it's in the facebook yes. and just sign it share it and we'll see what comes of it but maybe we'll get paid better who knows
1: <laughs> that works and i encourage all of you guys that are on the show there's a lot of comments that you probably want to respond to go ahead and read through those and uh, engage with you know some people are directly conversing with you guys but um it's hard to do both um looking down and typing and trying to figure out what in the world's going on in what place is a little complicated especially for you guys so um so go ahead and do that uh i'm gonna say thank you get you guys out uh and then say goodbye to everybody on the stream and then i'll come back and say goodbye to you guys individually that sound good all right thank you very much everybody i really appreciate you you guys being on hey
0: thank you jason
1: thank you my pleasure thank
4: you for having this talk
1: Anytime. All right. We take all care, guys.
4: You.
1: <laughs> Except for Joseph. He doesn't appreciate <laughs> me. I know you don't. You, t- you tell me every time I talk to you. <laughs> no, I don't even like you. I know. I don't like you either. We never liked each other. All right. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Bye. All right. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning into a drama diving. And we're going to have some more topics coming up pretty soon. uh, And we'll make some, some announcements about that. Uh, As always, uh, we got the Patreon and we've got the, uh, the truck lagoon trip coming up in just less than a year now, uh, who less than half the spots remain, I believe. Uh, so go ahead and sign up for those things. If you've got questions, put them in the comments. Uh, I posted links right at the beginning of the video, so you can go ahead and see those things. We appreciate everything you guys are doing, uh, with that. Uh, and I really appreciate everything, uh, and having this grow, please share, please comment, uh, tell people about the show. And uh, go ahead and like and follow if you're on the YouTube. It's going to be right over here. So have a wonderful day, guys. Thank you very, very much. uh, And we will see you all next time.